Hi, um, Sam from the Kitchens on Fire here. Just wondered if you really enjoy the podcast, which you do, because it's awesome and I'm brilliant, even though James brings it down a bit. If you could please for subscribe to the podcast, like it, leave a review, all of that stuff means a lot. means that we're big shots and we're better than any other podcast. So if you could do that, it'd be great. Also, follow us on Instagram, at Ticky Off, on Twitter. What's that? Ticky Off. I changed it. Ticky Off. So Ticky Off everywhere. Like, subscribe, follow, all of that jazz, all of that caper. I love you. Goodbye. Ticky Off. Ticky Off. Oh, hi there. I'm Will from Drop Wine, um, and I'm just checking in to tell you how excited we are to be sponsoring The Kitchen Is On Fire. Drop is an app for London wine lovers, and we deliver wine from our charming little shop on Drury Lane in Covent Garden, anywhere in London, in Zones 1 and 2, and one or two other places. We've got a wonderful selection of wines. Go to dropwine.co.uk to download the app, and if you've never used it before, we'll give you £10 off your first order when you enter Kitchen on Fire in the promo code. Thanks, guys. never seen what that man can do with a roll of duct tape and a leatherman <laughs> watching Ollie Rees cock dangle for two and a half hours who's your favourite dictator oh, I don't like any of them sorry hang on let me just have a little readjust you don't like any dictators you, you must like some no did you like the film The Dictator? I uh, haven't seen it. No, neither me. Alex- oh, no, I have, maybe. Maybe I'll. Is that Alexander G? Yeah. Well, no, I haven't seen it. You all right? Yeah, how are you doing? All right. Got crumbs on your lip, mate. Have I? Yeah. Got <laughs> oh, crummy lip rams <laughs> yeah. they call me. Um, well, you just came in with a fucking rich tea for me, which I thought was... Well, because you wanted... It was wanted, a really low blow, you actually. You wanted a knob and they didn't have any. Yeah, but there were ginger nuts in there, bourbons. I'd, I wouldn't assume that you'd go for a ginger nut. I would go for pretty much anything above rich tea, including really? nothing. I, do you know what? It did cross my mind. I don't think James likes rich teas. Who likes rich teas? I love them. No, you don't. I really do. No, you don't. I enjoy the flavour. People who claim to like rich teas, it's like a sort of, look how down to earth I am. It's not. I love my... I Look how down to earth I am. It's a rich tea. It's not poor tea. Look how down tea. Let me finish. No. Look how down to earth I am. Oh, I loved my nan. Oh, she always had a thing of rich teas. Oh, it's like eating dust. It's not like eating dust. Yes, it is. It's delicious. The texture's terrible. Well, then it's like snappy dust. Well, then I'll be a termite. (sighs) What are you? Scotch egg challenge on Wednesday, Sam. Yeah. Big big week. When are you... Pre- oh, yours are cold, aren't they? Mm. So you can prep them all in advance. Well, we're in the kitchen testing other things, so I will yeah. also be making Scotch eggs. Uh, OK, right, right. Um, that'll be fun. That was fun last year, wasn't it? Enjoyed it. Yeah. Enjoyed, enjoyed the event, enjoyed the, the evening. Place? Same place, Canterbury Tavern. Uh, this Wednesday, folks, if you're listening and you're wondering, what shall I do with my Wednesday night? I'll go and see James Ramsden win the Scotch egg challenge. Yeah, but you... Somebody... But I'm doing a cold Scotch egg, so I'm probably not going to win. Yeah, I don't actually. Now I'm thinking about it. I was like, did we have a good night? Do we? Yeah, we went to Black Axe. I went to Black Axe. Yeah, had some food, then came back to the Scotchy Egg Challenge. Yeah, I remember that. And I did all right, I think. 
people were relatively nice about my scotch egg. Stefan Chomka said it was a bit salty. Like, mm, drink some more water then, you fucking ingrate. <laughs> do they do... I can't remember. Do they do a ranking from top to bottom? Oh, yeah. Or just like... Oh, they do. I think there was a bottom. Was it? Yeah, my egg wasn't in the bottom. It was yeah. in the middle. Um, it was a very middling egg. Oh, it's going to be a bunch of people there that I'm going to have to talk to, aren't they? What yeah. Yeah, there, generally there are people that one is... That you don't have to talk to them. I know. We went you to did, a thing last night, didn't we? It's like, oh, I've got to talk to people. Who did you talk to? I talked to Hugh Wright. Yeah. Uh, who's a PR guy. Did he not, mention, chap, did he not mention my tweet saying, I'd like to get the Bob Bob Ricard dude on here to talk about Bob Bob Cité? No, he didn't. He talked about Bob Bob Cité, which yeah. was interesting. What did he have to say about it? Um, so for listeners who don't know, there's Bob Bob Ricard in Soho and... Years ago, they said they were opening Bob Bob City in the city, and it's been delayed, 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 delayed. And it's huge money thing. And big shot chef uh, Eric Chavot is going to be the chef, um, and it's been delayed for ages. And I, I thought um, that it was, you know, because of disastrous building and stuff like that, or whatever, yeah. permits or that kind of thing. But uh, he was just like the guy's an absolute perfectionist, like, and he he will change his mind on stuff because he wants it to be this incredible place so that's what's going on and they've got um presumably quite a lot of money kicking about to i would assume so, mess yeah. around with um so yeah so i talked to him um i talked to a weird guy like a cokey dude who was a bit weird um and i ate some food where were we james tell the listeners where you and i were we were at the smeg showroom um looking at fridges uh, for k plunkett hogs book launch Lovely Kay, with whom I was in Thailand, and one day I'll get round to editing the interview, and that will be on the podcast. Uh, beautiful book. It's called Barn. It's out now. You should all buy it. Um, and there were lots of lovely Thai snacky snacks, and some people I knew from Thailand were there, and that was nice to catch up with them and um, talk about kitchen designers with Don, who is a Thai builder, who is in the middle of a two-year reconstruction of the Thai embassy. So really, we went deep, Don and I. Nice. And um, you really did. You you're very good in a room. You sort of it's as if you're dancing across a crowded dance floor. I did dance. <laughs> when um, you get in that smeg showroom, it's hard not to. Yeah, struggle. I don't. Yeah, it's fine. So anyway, some. congrats to Kay for getting the book out. Yeah. And then we went to Lucknow, where we were freeloading bastards. Yeah, and had a nice time. Good to catch up with Zaren Wilson, who's uh, the great wine maven of London. So really, we've been does, does putting Zeren in the shift. Do, and I was amazed because I had no idea that Zaren was a dude. I've never met him before. I always thought it was a female. That's Zarena. Yeah, but Zaren sort of seems like a girl's name. Like if if I was on the playground with him back in the day, he'd be like, up to his wine caper. I'd be like, <laughs> "You've got a girl's name, Zaren Brockovich." Yeah, I left my cardigan there. But then I got it again today. Great that, story. That was an incredible story. <laughs> did you walk back there today, pick it up, or did you take public transport? I, I walked back, yeah. Walked back. Wonderful stuff. Yeah, really What's new fun. with you, Sam? Um, Did you do any cooking at the weekend? No, well, the newts were supposed to be round, but they bailed. Fucking newts. Um, also, I should say, after last week's podcast, where I said that um, Sarah Newt is a Nazi, she assures me she's not. So that's what a Nazi would say. Yeah. Although weirdly, yeah, no, they always do. Yeah. Some are like, yeah, I'm a neo-Nazi. That's legit. Yeah, but most go, no, the, I'm not a Nazi. The Reese Moggs of this world. I'm yeah. not a fascist. Yeah. Don't use that language. It's offensive. Don't be so lefty at me. Um, 
yeah, but she t- she t- she assures me hands down that she's no Nazi. So I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's not true, but in her case, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Sarah New, not a Nazi. Officially, officially, that's the ticky offline. Unless think- something comes out about Sarah New being a Nazi, in which case you got to let people. we will hang out to dry. Yeah, um, like a like a like a like a duvet cover. Yeah, no. So I was going to cook for them, but didn't. It's a pretty crap weekend. But then I cooked um, cooked on Monday. Monday cooker. For my brother and Beth. I got a cochicino. Cochicino. Oh, what, what? How'd you say it? Cochicino. Cochicino. I thought I had it right. Um, that I got from Camisa in Soho. Awesome Italian deli. And uh, I made like a ragu out of it uh, with spaghetti. And it was delicious. And there's only like a tenner for this sausage. And it's massive. It's like 500 gram sausage. Massive snag. Yeah, big old pig finger. What's it taste like? It's kind of quite, it's quite rich. Texture's sort of Spamish in mm. a way. It's quite soft. Very fatty. fatty. Yeah, I mean, it comes in a foil pouch and the pouch explodes with fat when you spear it. <laughs> I'm such a child. Um, but I use some of that fat to saute some garlic as the basis mm. for my ragu. And yeah, it was good. But I wasn't drinking, so it's a bit dull because you really want to drink like a punchy... Italian red wine. (laughs) 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 Um, What did you serve with the pasta? uh, With the spaghetti pasta. Spaghetti pasta. I thought it was interesting actually. The box, um, and it was, I bought the box of pasta from Camisa as well, so it's some Italian brand. But anyway, what was interesting was on the box, it said um, cook for eight minutes. And I was just like, so cook it for eight minutes. And then that is iron string pasta. That is the Italian Mm. version of al dente. I'm not having that. No. Well, you just think in England, people are going to cook their pasta a lot more than that. I didn't do a lot more than that. I don't mind a bit of it, but I'm not a fan of the iron string, James. No. Like it's disgusting. Chef Evan Funke of Felix Trattoria in Los Angeles, California. Um, what have you Filo been up to? Ferro. Um, this and that, Sam. I sort of, you know, we're making progress in life. I uh, had a nice weekend, did some cooking on the Sunday... Of a leg of lamb, very simple preparation. Just leg yeah. of lamb, roast new potatoes, a little jus, and a simple uh, rainbow chard anchovy and chile combination. I struggle with chard. Do you? It tastes quite muddy, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it's that irony, earthy mm. irony thing. Yeah, I can see that. I'm quite into it. Got my kombucha on the go. My first, com- my first personal booch. What are you booching? With a scoby I bred myself, so I'm worried that's not going to quite do the trick. But anyway, it's just the first ferment, Sam, so you don't add the flavours yet. Oh, uh, of course. You did explain this on an earlier edition. Fascinating edition. But I, got, I treated myself to two of those big five-litre Kilner things. Oh, did you? Val Kilner. Did you so buy that from that, that shop no. where he's got <laughs> shot and you dropped it outside? <laughs> no. <laughs> If you could be a character in a computer game, who would you be? Um, probably Alex Trevelyan in Goldeneye. Which is that? Or Odd Job in Goldeneye because you couldn't hit him, so you could get in low and punch. You them. would definitely be Odd Job in Goldeneye, yeah, because Odd Job in Goldeneye is the most annoying character yeah. in a computer game ever because you can't shoot him. It's cheating. Yeah, you weren't allowed to use. Oh, yeah, hit, not shoot. Yeah, yeah. What was your favourite weapon in Goldeneye? Oh, I'm playing. I just I, do you know what I really liked, and this is. Yeah, this is pathetic, but 
I remember, you know the snow level where you've got the sniper scope? Vaguely. And it's there's like people just appear out of the oh, snow yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would just play that level and just kind of walk around in the snow and I'd always be like, oh, I'm really cosy in my house, but it's really cold there. <laughs> Honestly, it's amazing. And I and I just like get the scope out and just look out into the snow and be like, oh, it's really cosy. I think it's still the greatest computer game of all time. It's, it's up there for sure. Computer game chat. See, people don't get this from other podcasts. Except for computer game podcasts, of which I'm sure there are many. Yeah, that's true. Because people like watch YouTube videos of people commentating on other people playing video games. That's all my son does. Oh, that's right. I knew I knew someone who did that. Uh, but no, but he's watching people playing the game and talking about what they're doing. Okay. Doing but brilliant. not live. Uh, no, not live. Um, but yeah, no, it baffles me. Gosh. People are like millionaires. I mean, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We're fucking idiots here. We, These geezers we, sit in their house and play computer games and video it, and they're multi, multi, multi millionaires. Yes, but the time is going to come when Tiki Off reaches such levels that all we get to do is sit around, talk shit, interview interesting people, and make money from it. Don't and then good. we'll be like, oh, the restaurant's doing all right, but the main thing is the pod. Oh, and actually, yeah, speaking of that, uh, any listeners who want to advertise on The Kitchen is on Fire, we've just opened submissions for new adverts. You know, we only wanted to have the two adverts that we've had for a long time. Mm. Uh, but now, you know, we're doing some slightly more ambitious podcasting, perhaps some... Bigger numbers. Bigger numbers, trips away. So if you want to advertise on The Kitchen is on Fire, then send us an email. What's the email address? Uh, I mean, I should change it. To oh, just send us a message off. on Instagram uh, and we'll give you an email address amazing we don't know our own email address no it's it's the kitchen is on fire podcast at gmail.com there it's just go. I never check it so if I change it to tick you off it would be easier to log in okay well maybe we'll change it but for now that's what it is <laughs> just just hit us on Instagram yeah that's where that's where I get my anyway, juice we've got some big numbers we've got some big guests coming up we've maybe got the ticky off road trip um what else that'll do what's James? the ticky off road trip Mate, don't your and your and but you're no butting me. I'm uh, no, I'm asking you. I what, thought we were what? going to Scotland with Richard McLean. That was a yes and. That was a what's the ticky off road trip? Why oh, you I thought just... you were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, okay, we're going to get Hucknall on the pod as well. Hucknall's Huck coming up on. for it. Um, Geldof, Geldof, they're all in. Yeah, I've oh, got anything else to talk about? Not really. Who's on the pod tonight? Uh, Tom Parker Bowles, the uh, rest food writer, he's a restaurant critic for the Mail on Sunday, which, you know, don't know how we feel about that. <laughs> two, two male journalists and less than Yeah, milk. that's poor. We are... We're going, well, like the country, we're heading to the right. Yeah. <laughs> and that is wrong. Yeah. But uh, I've known Tom for uh, some years now, and I very much enjoy his company. So I think this will be a lively and entertaining conversation. I really wanted to say debate. That's what we say. It was a lively debate. How do you think you get on in a debate? Have you ever debated? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I'm quite argumentative. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'd be good at debating. Yeah. I just get frustrated. Yeah, so probably not very well. You'd get flustered, I reckon. I don't get flustered. You'd get very flustered. If 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 you thought you had a killer point and someone came back at you... You go, you go full on, Marc Francois. You try that with your limp retorts, and they're roundly defeated by my battle axe of truth. You have no battle and axe. knowledge. Um, you have a morning star, but it doesn't have the spikes on it, and it's just a tennis ball. Is that the one on the stick? That's the spiky thing on the stick. Oh, that's interesting. You brought that up. Yeah, yeah. Wait for a question on the 
overrated, underrated, and really? quickly rated to come. We've uh, been quite on a on a wavelength today. Yeah, what was, the, what was the thing? Oh, we had that thing a minute ago with the letters on yeah. the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't work in the end, but we thought it would we at the same time. We were both wrong. We were both correctly. equally wrong yeah. at the same moment. Have you eaten any anywhere out of late? Where have we been? Um. <laughs> yeah, we went to have Enrique Olvera's beautiful food at Casa Pastor, and we were sat... In the absolute cheap seats. Yeah. Because Sophie Orbum, who has been on the pod, will we call her a friend of the pod? And probably not anymore. She felt bad that we weren't we didn't get the uh call up to the dinner, but it was now fully booked, so she was like, Okay, we'll squeeze you in and we got sat in the bar. We were on our we were not literally even at the bar. A table in, yeah, by the front door, basically. Yeah. No there, one else there, in that there section. Was a, yeah, then there was a couple. Sam, let me paint the picture. Invites. People yeah, people so. were walking in laughing at us. Yeah. You know, Joe Warwick came in and blew us a raspberry. Bob Granlis was there. You don't know who any of these are because you're in Q8, listener. But they're important people. And we felt like a couple of dicks. They are so important. Joe Warwick is so important. He's one of the best roadies in the biz. He is. He's amazing. You have never seen what that man can do with a roll of duct tape and a Leatherman. Uh, lovely stuff <laughs> um, tell you what speaking of lovely stuff yeah. controversial opinion seemingly yeah. I think the new series of Alan Partridge is not very funny oh yeah you said that I've only watched the first two which I thought were fine kind of amusing and then a bit meh but like worth watching but then everyone was saying oh it gets really really good and it's amazing it's like the best Partridge but then a lot it's of not. people didn't like the season finale did they not? The last episode, as English people. I was thought. halfway through the fifth, and I was just like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not finding it funny, I'm finding it sad. sad. What's the, what's the, is it called Scepted Isle or something? What was the that? Scissored Isle. Scissored Isle. What's Alan that? Partridge's Scissored Isle. Yeah, what was that? Was that a series? It was funny. Was that, that was good. Series? Yeah, it was. was. saying, that's great, and I've never seen that. What was it? I think it was a one-off documentary, like oh, a mockumentary. I've never seen it. Yeah, that is really good. Yeah. But, yeah, this time, it's like, the idea is funny, and then they literally just kept repeating the same joke. So, like, let's go to Sidekick Simon with his computer screen. That never yeah, works. that bit that wasn't joke, funny. That just, wasn't funny. That's, that's all they have. that's a of him as well, because he's know. funny. Love that guy. You should get him on the pod. Tim Key. Why not after this? Just yeah. slagged him off. Not him. This show. Yeah, that's true. All right, well... I and, like, Steve Coogan's obviously an amazing actor, so, you know, that's enjoyable, but it's just not... The script isn't very funny. Maybe I'm missing something. The Irish Alan Partridge was funny on the episode it, I watched. It was, it, it was kind of funny. Yeah, I thought that was quite funny. Were you in a bad mood? It was a bit slapstick. Nothing not not literally slapstick. slapstick, it was a bit sort of ham. Yeah, maybe. But was I in a bad mood? Don't think so. What were you eating? Uh, lob. Can't be in a bad mood eating lob. Okay. What were you wearing? Nothing. Oh, all right. Seems well, like stars are aligning. <laughs> all the recipe for a fantastic night. Yeah. Um, and the wife was out. Oh, hence the nudity. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I, that means. <laughs> <laughs> I always eat naked when she's out. Okay. Anyway, listen. There's a great jingle coming up. After which we will be. Making sweet, sweet love slash conversation <laughs> with Tom Parker Bowles. So, uh, and how's, how's, how's things with you? Good. Um, all good. What are we now? April. 
um, wading through this shite of Brexit. Are you enjoying watching from sidelines or no, loathing it like everyone else? Appalled by the whole thing. Where, you know, it's one thing being a national joke, um, the rest of the world laughing at, at us. We're sort of fairly used to that in terms of food. But this mess every day, it doesn't matter if you're left or right, or it doesn't matter if you're ERM, but what are they called, the ERG? E-R-G? Yeah, yeah. yeah those, the, anyway, that, that's different. It's the just, Grand Wizards, they're calling themselves, the gra- seemingly unaware of the <laughs> Ku Klux Klan Association. I mean, really, to call yourself the Grand Wizards, to do that, but, but it's just it's just awful, and it, and it just means that everything is sitting in on hold position. Mm. You know, what, what's going on? I mean, you guys know more than anything about the, the hospitality industry. It's, it's, I think it's just appalling. Mm. I think it's really, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously a Remainer, but not obviously, but I think the mm. Remain's a good thing, but I do respect the fact there was a vote and the vote went towards Brexit. It's the way it's been dealt with by politicians. It's, it's just, mm. uh, oh, I, I can feel my heart going faster and faster now because every day, every moment of every day is suffused and infused and polluted by... Because that thing every day you think, oh, do you know what, I'm not going to look at any of this, I'm not going to look at any of this, I'm going to try and... But you, you I sort of feel like it. you sort of have to. feels ignorant to not even look at this stuff but then you immediately is like well, that's a good way to ruin your day it every is, single day I'm purely selfish I was coming back from Paris the other day and not to go through actually I wasn't in Paris because you're on the Eurostar there but, but I come out for summer in Europe I can't remember where not to go this is a selfish I know mm. I should be thinking of everything but not to go through the EU thing mm. and have to go and queue up yeah. um, that's awful so it, it, it's selfish as well but in terms of hospitality in terms of everything in terms of just Oh God! Okay, let's talk mm. about food. It's so it's so depressing, and, and it's taking over all our lives, and, yeah. and it, it's just a muck up of, of mighty, mighty, depressing and awful proportions. It, it's a mess, an absolute mess. It's the disingenuousness to to my eye of the other side that most drives me up the wall, and I occasionally lose. I, mean, I don't use my own Twitter anymore, but I'm always on the podcast Twitter. So like, I don't, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but actually I am. I'm just. <laughs> but, but I mean, going back to Twitter, Twitter is a fascinating thing because I'm not on Instagram, so I'm not a photographer. Mm. And and I, you know, Instagram a lot of the time, look what my lunch is and look, you know, woohoo, I'm on holiday. Mm. That that for me seems it. I'm probably wrong. It might be a, a much deeper thing in Instagram. I know that's it, but that's why it's great. And it is, and apparently people are nice on on, on Instagram. Twitter, I do quite like that flash mob that mm. come in, appalled everything, shout, scream, mm. and. And then move on to the next victim. And everyone's so outraged and so appalled by everything at the moment that you think people say, you know, and sometimes, you know, my kids, I, I don't want them being on Twitter. I don't want mm. them jumping in there. But it's their choice when they're older. But it's this thing of just turn it off. Mm. You know what? No one on Twitter hiding behind a faceless avatar with their, their fake name on it will come and abuse you in the street. Mm. You know, people are fundamentally decent. It's these people... <laughs> Sitting in their parents' house, age 50, hiding behind some Lord of the Rings avatar, um, slagging off with their left or right, slagging off, and I don't know, sort of wanking in the tears of their own self despair. <laughs> I mean, they're so, I mean, they're just, if they have their name and, and they have their, um, you know, photograph, fine, you know, yeah. they stand up behind it, but it's these, the faceless, yeah. cowardly mass who jump on death threats. I mean, we got to this point where there are death threats going out um, to, you know, credible, you know, credible, and whether it's again, it's the far left and the far right, mm. and and I think it's a scary state. But on that, just turn it off, turn mm. off your phone for two days, and then turn it on again, and they would have moved on, and, and life would go on. Let's uh, let's talk about cheerier <laughs> things. Um, <laughs> Good start. So food, because 
I, what were you doing before you would, were a food person? Because I, I don't. Th- you <laughs> were suddenly rubbish. on my TV screens on Market <laughs> Kitchen. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, yeah, I used to watch I was that. I, was, I, I left university. I worked in film. I love films, so I went to, for an interview um, at a film PR company, a very nice, a very good film PR company called DDA, back in the nineties. Uh, and they had Empire and uh, Premiere, which used to be out, and Total Film, and um, all those. Sort of, and they had those in, in the, and Variety and Hollywood Reporter in the waiting room. I thought this is amazing. You know, this is a, everyone reads film magazines, and and it was film PR. And so my boss said, you know, looked at my CV and said, all oh, this means nothing, which wasn't really much. Look at my CV, but you start at the bottom mm. and do it. But I, so you end up sort of looking after. John Waters films or, or uh, Paul Thomas Anderson films or you know Boogie Nights I think was the first film as a very junior publicist I worked I was literally That's pretty cool. you know putting commas in the press releases mm. um, Austin Powers Entertainment Miramax um, all, those, all those sort of things but I was you know it was fun suddenly you leave university and I was rubbish at these things but you're suddenly taking talent as they're called around town and seeing screenings and getting free film stuff and mm. as a film geek it was very exciting but it was you know I was young and it was I'd say it was the 90s but it doesn't make a difference it was the 70s 80s 90s but you know overdid it perhaps a bit um, and, <laughs> but that's and, a, a cool time to be doing it as well it, you know, the films that first Paul Thomas Anderson films oh, and Miramax when and Miramax before he I mean he I always was um, he was always petrifying um Harvey Weinstein. I'm not going to move into this, but but uh, you know he was. It, yeah, it was it was when Miramax was this powerhouse of independent filmmaking, and you know Goodwill Hunting and and all all sorts of films. And but anyway, it was brilliant. You got screenings. You got to see free films mm. uh, before That's a dream everyone job, else saw it. And I I still <clears throat> I mean to this day, and it, it was a fantastic company. And I was treated very well. I got caught sort of cocky around in Cannes uh, by the tabloids um, you know sort of, oh is that uh, when, yeah, sort when of... I was sort of shouldn't have been you know I was what, 19, 20 and got caught taking coke um, and totally my fault you know mayor couple of the rest of it but you know the whole of Cannes it was Austin Powers 2 I think and they were supposed to be looking at Heather Graham and Mike Myers and suddenly the world's press turned onto this rather ridiculous toff who sort of <laughs> said to this pretty girl in the setup. Um, oh yeah, I took coke. And, you know, I was sort of. Well, it was it. a sort of sting, was it? Total sting. But I was beating it up. You know, there was a like single pretty girl sort of saying, "Yeah, you know, can, get you, you. can you can you get whatever?" Of course, I was talking. You know, and then and then I think it was was it train spotting year. I can't remember. Anyway, whatever year it was, I was just beating it up, talking crap. And of course, every word recorded for first of all Fuck. my parents to read, um, let, alone, let alone the rest of the world. But again, my fault. And th- this is the way things worked. And but when the, like the eye of Sauron, the whole of the press turned on to on to me. It was, it, you know, it was a bit scary. But the company was lovely, and I wasn't actually sacked because my right. boss Dennis Davison said, oh, you know, someone takes coke at the Cannes Film Festival, shock horror, and he <laughs> got massive crap for it. And he's a fantastic, you know, old school publicist, and it was a, it was a really nice company. But I wasn't sacked for that I was sat later on for just being generally rubbish and not turning up but, to but that was, that was sort of early in the you know you were just talking about Twitter or whatever and public shaming and all of that but th- that happening to you at 19 that was sort of before that tended to happen it was definitely before Twitter on mass or whatever I think in, when, in 19 it must have been 98, 99 but you didn't really have you had email that you could do in the office yeah. um, I had to pay a friend of mine a fiver to do my CV because I couldn't work um, Microsoft Windows but, but even, uh, even not just the social media side of it but just that thing that now people are there and are pulled down oh in totally I mean but in, in many cases that I feel that, that, that's really unfair but what I was doing you know fair cop gov you know yeah. I was caught fair and square you know a toff with a famous name doing things I shouldn't be doing in Cannes age 19 got caught 
you know, I, I could moan and groan saying how it ruined my life, but yeah, life goes on on that one. Mm. But it was films anyway. I sat from DDA for the third time. They were very, very understanding and kind. I'm still friends with lots of them. Um, then I, Geordie Gregg, who is now editor of, of the Daily Mail actually now, but he was editor of Tatler, so I felt. <coughs> I tottered up from a party and felt that with a name like mine and an accent like mine, probably the socialist worker wasn't the first place to go to. So I felt Tatler. So we had to draw the other end of the You know, you haven't got a food call. Um, and Tatler being part of Condé Nast and, and Geordie said, OK, fine, you know, try a couple of, you know, I want to see. And and it, it, it was fine. And, and, and that, you know, I, you know, Giles started at Tatler. Adrian Gill started at Tatler. I'm putting people far higher than me on this, but, you know, mm. coming along. Um, and you suddenly get a column and it might be Tatler, but it's still Condé Nast. And yeah. in those days, there was not really any digital. So it was people read magazines still. Um, and that gives you a basis to start learn you know writing about stuff and then it moved you know one thing moved to another and uh suddenly i was making money from the other thing i love films was one thing and food was the other mm. so it, you know <laughs> it wasn't the end of the world but it was uh, that that's how it started. and then telly with matthew four again heroes and and um market kitchen was this program on uk tv food i think and there was nothing really else like it so it was tebert who now does satay kitchen there was uh, is he the full-time presenter now? Well, he, he d- seems to do it quite a lot. He does quite a lot. He is the yeah, main. Tarot does a few, doesn't it? John uh, Tarot does he still? No, he doesn't. It's more Michel Rue does a few. Oh, does and it? I haven't watched it for a while, but it was for a while, wasn't it? Tarot. Yes, yes, so. lots, lots of. But but so Matt, you know, Matt's gone on to um, great things. Matthew Fort is still, you know, Matthew when I was growing up. He was the great Guardian mm. um, food critic and. And I, I, I love him, you know, he's a really good friend now, but he was petrifying. This is a man who would mark restaurants out of 20 and give them 17.23, you mm. know, and, and go into, you know, almost 2,000 words of, you know, it was Jonathan Meads, it was Matthew Fort, um, I can't remember who else was, um, and it was, yeah, and, and, and Adrian had just started, I think. So the food criticism, well, was very... <laughs> Lofty and august. scary and august, and it wasn't. It wasn't ivory tower. It wasn't. There, there were no pretenders to the throne. There were no websites or blogs or uh, de- de- democratization, I suppose, of, of mm. food writing. So there were the heroes you looked up to, the Fays and the Meads and the Matthews. And so suddenly to go and work with Matthew was. I couldn't really speak. <laughs> it was petrifying. And you realise actually Matthew's most affable and the yeah. only man on earth. But that programme was great. I remember watching yeah. that and then they sort of it went away and then they rebooted oh, we it. All, it wasn't we, quite we, the same. It was, but t- uh, we all got sad. But we I remember this this It's I mean, a running theme here. <laughs> yes, yes. Of course the get rid of me and things get better. Uh, but there was No, it got a lot worse. It was dreadful oh, when well, they well, when they did the reboot thing. It was But there's a new studio, it was yeah, sort of like, quite dark sort I mean, of we had Di Henry for God's sake for a while. We had just an amazing team of Diana and and so all of us were obsessed. Yeah. with food and we'd all be arguing and it was Pat Lewenon who was just the nicest person mm. um, head of Optimum very sadly died um, nearly two years ago now um, but she started Fat Ladies and Jamie mm. um, and, and Gordon um, but just the nicest person on earth and you know she you know she liked that idea of it was a food magazine programme and you talked about, but, talked about food but there was I remember seeing Tom Kerridge for the first time when he came and he was cooking this this you know, tall big Lovely man, he cooked the best game pie we'd ever eaten. Right. So, you know, I think that guy's going places. Well, obviously, at this point, yeah. he was already going places. But, you know, Sat Baines and every chef, uh, Phil Howard to Angela Hartnett to the bikers, to, it went from, you know, TV people to serious chefs to mm. David Thompson's. 
And as a food writer, I would be getting copy on set because they'd all come in and be like, I can get a quote. What, what do you think about this? So perfect. you did this perfect job of, of wibbling away on telly, but, but meeting all the chefs, food writers, you know, everyone, they would come to you to flog something or mm. talk about something. So it was, um, yeah, it was... We used to do two episodes a day, but it was, it was fun. Yeah, it was a good show. I, 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 uh, they did some competition to get, uh, you know, find the next TV presenter, and you had to send in a one-minute clip of yourself. Well, I did. <laughs> what happened? No, nothing back. I've, no, shocking. I got a little abuse on YouTube, and I think that was about did it. Did you? Oh, oh, yeah. So nice. Well, they they put a little bit of abuse yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. They put it on YouTube. I did. Oh, you, you, ha- you <laughs> oh. had to, I think, and then send them a link. Oh, God. Yeah. So, please don't look for it. Don't, oh, well, there we go. We're looking for that. But YouTube in those days, I mean, what, three people say. I, I remember there used to be a fella below the line, I think it was about as far as abuse got, like, uh, why does he look so scruffy, that posh bloke? You know, he mm. always looked scruffy. Um, and that was about as far as... That was as me, abuse. actually. I was, <laughs> I was disappointed in you. <laughs> it was about as far as abuse ever got. And now the abuse is, is, is epic and biblical. Mm. It, is, it is fantastic, the abuse, that... You, you have to laugh at it, some of the abuse that everyone gets. Anyone who dares put their faith in, especially if you're... It, well, anything, really. There's always someone who's going to abuse you. There's a sort of growing call for uh, more diversity in food writing and in restaurant criticism. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'm possibly the, you know, posh, white. You're possibly posh. Uh, straight. I mean, I'm through. I'm, 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 I was moving through. <laughs> more diversity. I, I, I totally agree. But I think one thing that people do tend to forget um, is that obviously there should be more diversity. And there's me sort of arguing away my job. Um, but on the other hand, there... There, there is something that that you know that you can you have to be able to put a sentence together, and it it sounds boring. And uh, but but a lot of I find of the new generation of writers, not just food writers, haven't ever had an editor. They've never been told to write to length. They've never been told you know um, you know give us five hundred words. I give you five thousand. No, you write to length, mm. write to subject, and you give the editor whether it's your commission editor or your big editor, what they want. Mm. Um, and it's. Do you think that's a knock-on effect from them starting in blogging as opposed to... No, because they're, you know, <clears throat> many people who I respect have started in blogging and, 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 and you can, you know, there are some brilliant bloggers and some brilliant writers, but it is... Well, I think of a few websites, especially... Actually, I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into it. It's not worth uh, your time. It it's not worth so your... not worth my time talking about um, middle-class white people getting cross with, with, with other middle-class white people. I'm not even going to go there. Um, but no, um, yes, you, you, you know, the fact is, yes, there should be more diversity, but I don't believe that you have perhaps... Um, to have been born in India, say, to be able to have a view about Indian food. Mm. Now, I will never, ever, ever be able to compare to people who've grown up in India or grown up in, you know, as as, as British Indians, mm. in, you know, about how they've grown up. But my job is to go in like a sponge and learn. Mm. And everything I do and every day I, I live, I'm learning. The idea that you know everything or you're some expert, you know, this is my problem with the best restaurant in mm. the world or the best fish and chips or the best curry. No, it's it's not. It's purely subjective. It's mm. my favourite. The arrogance of saying the best is, 
um, the fifty best um, is 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 an interesting thing in in terms. But yeah, there should be more diversity. And 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 through life's accident, been very lucky from from a pure luck that I've been born on the lucky side of life and went through public school and went on to university and 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 you know had this sort of easy lucky life. There's not a moment I don't think how lucky I am, but I don't beat myself up about it. Um, not in an arrogant way I just yeah, think you've got to get on I've got to make a living I've got kids um, I wish I had some vast trust fund that, that I'm told I have the whole time uh, I don't <laughs> I have to pay a mortgage I have to buy food I, I'm not moaning I have yeah. it very very easy but I feel that it, the thing about being a writer is, is you splurge it on the page and if you write a really shit bit of copy then that's your fault. If you write something that's wrong or, or, or offensive or, or, or all these things, then you stand and take that. But, um, yeah, I, I feel that after 25 years, I know a little bit about food. I love eating. I love travelling around. But I'd never, ever uh, pretend I was an expert. I pretend I'm very lucky and very happy. I seem to remember you saying, or writing, maybe, I don't know, that, um, you know, the, the most important thing um, for a decent food writer to be is uh, essentially... Well, have a good appetite slash be excessively greedy. It, it, yeah, I mean, this it, it was. It, no, was it Waverly Root um, or was it? It might have been. No, Waverly Root is much more, more much more pompous. It was. <laughs> you have to be with a name it like was, that. Um, yeah, of course. Waverly, the food of France, fantastic book, very American, very sort of coming in and telling the French mm. what to do in their twenties. But no, it wasn't. It was AJ Liebling, of course. This, this sort of pugnacious New York New Yorker writer, great boxing from the twenties and thirties. Bibulous Hemingway-esque, who now would probably he wouldn't, if he's not in prison, he certainly wouldn't be very popular. Right. But the most wonderful writer, and it was, and it was um, I think it's called Between Courses or Between Meals, his book about Paris, where he, you know, a, a very very uh, chilled out night would be sort of forty-eight oysters, a whole foie gras, um, you know, sort of uh, endless claret and burgundy. Like, like lunch for you, well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. like Monday lunch. Yeah. But his his thing was, you know, to be a food writer, the first thing you have to do is have an appetite. Yeah. You know, it, it's field work. He's so. the first human to actually get full body gout. <laughs> actually, I know somebody who had full body gout as well. Oh, is um, that actually a thing? Well, I, I, so I've Your heard. head turns into a toe. And really I've hurts. heard that every joint starts, because, oh. again, these... You can name them and we'll beep it. No, no, blood. no, you wouldn't know. Him. You wouldn't okay. know. It's oh. fine. There's no, there's no one, no one of any. But he did tell me he sort of gets in his shoulder and his. Oh, it, was Joe, it was Joe Warwick. <laughs> Joe, no, Joe, no, Joe, who I love. Have you had Joe on the show? No, no, Joe, Joe, yeah. would, be, Joe would be brilliant. He he would give him a few drinks and and, and he would mouth off. I, I, if yeah. he's nice to me next week at the Scotch Egg Challenge, then um, we'll get him on the show. Yeah, uh, he'll be he, he'll be lippy and he's a Liverpool fan, but that's all right to be Liverpool. Fan. Chelsea fan, but we're an Arsenal fan. But, anyway, <laughs> but uh, this, this is the joy of a blog. You wibble as you as you, as you do. But but yeah, I think you you have to be hungry. But 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 back to that thing about the diversity. You know, it, it's all well and good to say you know to be diverse, which is amazing. All the things I've learned. And I think of all the all the great bloggers and all the food writers. You know, I go to them to learn about sexual food or Burmese food or, or whatever mm. it may be because it's one thing reading a book it's quite another talking to someone who's grown up there cooked it and you know that's uh, it's going back to the thing of bowing down and listening to people who know yeah. about stuff and, and we move on to cultural appropriation or we move on to all sorts of subjects that that, that were well overdue for being discussed yeah. seriously but can be taken a little bit too far sometimes of course <laughs> 
But sometimes the pendulum needs to swing a bit too far to then come back. Yeah, I'm definitely not swinging the other way. I'm, I just keep yeah. out of it. I just, <laughs> I'm on Twitter, I've, yeah, Twitter or things. I mean, this is the thing about Twitter. I don't want people to know where I am. I don't want to say, I'm having lunch here, look at me, I'm in uh, New Orleans or something mm. like that. If I'm going to do a piece for Esquire about Louisiana, the last thing I want to know is when I'm late on my copy, someone saying, there's me, sort of, yeah. hey, I'm having crawfish, boil, <coughs> hey. uh, You, I prefer a bit of mystery to the whole thing. And You're a very mysterious guy. Yeah, I have a serious point. But no, you don't want to know. But you know, you just shut up. Occasionally, after a couple of drinks, you might mouth off or retweet someone who's who, who's good. But people who moan about t- Twitter and and you know social media being a nightmare, just get off it. <laughs> just yeah. Don't say anything again. So you were uh, when I think it was what, around the time. When I first met you, then you two knew one another, and uh, and you were quite sort of Mexican food and oh, yeah. tequila and J- James, which I always have in my head, which I think I've repeated to a number of friends. Which is something I think you said to James about tequila is like it's absolutely fine to drink tequila, just don't drink anything else. As long as you just stay on the tequila, <laughs> you'll be fine. And uh, I just want to say that that's wise advice that I've passed on to others. As long as you don't mix it, then you're fine. There is this fallacy that that tequila, and I remember. I I am obsessed with Mexico. I, I think that well, my Spanish is awful, but I think Mexico is one of the great food cultures on earth. It's one of the great countries on earth. I mean, Mexico City one of the great cities on earth, and it it, it is despite being a posh English boy. I really feel a, a sort of an affinity um, that and and Thailand the two places. I feel both chili cultures, but there's something about Mexico, whether you're in in Mexico City or whether you're in Guerrero or Acapulco or uh, wherever you are, I just feel very happy there immediately. And I remember going years ago with Mark Hicks on a trip, press trips. So they still do press trips, yeah. I mean, well, just got back from Thailand. Yeah, well, that was different. That's okay. That's a civilized thing. But there used to be these sort of jollies who used to go off, hey, business class, um, and go and look at tequila, you know, for the two weeks in Guadalajara. Blimey. And I went with Hicksie, Mark Hicks, and we ended up one night driving around Guadalajara with they might not have been tequila producers but they were firing guns we were in a flatbed truck firing guns hang on they were just firing guns and me and Hicks were just like sorry me and Hicks were just alright brilliant you know we were so pissed up on that wonderful uh, Blanco de Blanco tequila uh, that we thought this was totally normal them just showing us how these guns you fire it's fine you fire them in the air and Hicksie being yeah alright um, yeah. and it was and yeah and again and again that the, the Mexico as you get older it's not just about getting rat assed and Going to the tequila fields, but Mexico has that mix of the most incredible regional food culture. But you have the, you know, every from the sort of the pre-Columbian to the Spanish. To, you have this wonderful mix of everything, and this this country that is demonised by occasionally demonised by idiots. Oh, not idiots. I'm saying, um, yeah, just fools um, who who don't get it. Every time I go to Mexico and I see the, the diversity and the splendour of the place, it, it makes me very, very happy. I'm now craving. I mean, I went before I came to see you guys to... Is it called Lupita? Lupita is a... Yeah, is, yeah. Sort of, um, anyway, it does that chicharron de queso and it does a michelada. Right. And so I thought I was early so I could have a michelada and Happy days. Happy days, you know. But that, we, that's what, yeah. We, we had Enrique Olvera on the podcast last week. He, uh, he, he's a very cool guy. Yeah, he was uh, lovely. He is. Do you, do you find there's that Netflix show called um, The Chef's Table? Yeah, we, <coughs> we discussed that a lot with him. That was our research that we and, watched his and episode. And he, in that, is brilliant, as, is, as are a few others. It can be quite bowed down. 
silence, mm. the greenness, the yeah. chef. And I think that can get a little bit overblown totally. sometimes, although the, 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 obviously the, 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 the filming is exquisite. But when he came on, it was just like sitting with his kids yeah. and, you know. And I, I met him last year, a couple of years ago, down in Baja. Um, and I was with a friend of mine, another food writer, and he was just down at the bar, and we were <laughs> it's in Baja, California, it's a beautiful bar, and he does a, his only restaurant out of, in Mexico, apart from Pool. And we were playing pool, and the breeze was coming through, and it's that sort of perfect Baja California, or, or Baja, Baja Sud day, and, you know, I looked at Bill and thought, oh, you know, it's not too bad, this life, is it? <laughs> You're sat with one of the nicest, most sort of, he's sort of ursine, but... That's, that's the first time that word's been uttered on this podcast. I think he is, he's so blissfully mm. relaxed, but yet he, for me, is someone who who is not taken but magnified what Mexican food can truly be, just as French food can be like that, or Japanese food can be like that, or Chinese or whatever. He's taken it across well, but very modestly mm. and very quietly and very... He's not a man of great ego and shouting and, you know, he... He he is an incredible figure. I mean, first that sounds very impersonal. Incredible man. Mm. Uh, that place in New York in Midtown's very good. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Cosmo. Cosmo, which is which is fantastic. But you know, he just and but you know, he he still talks about you know the high end, fantastic. But he still you know goes to the taco stands. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the the the, the and the and the and the tostadas and everything else. And I think he's just a, he's he's one of those quiet but great figures in the world of gastronomy if you want to be that yeah totally he was, um, he was lovely he's top yeah. fella <laughs> I, um, I initially brought it up actually because I know so in my head it was like oh you, Mexico was your sort of great love and, and something you've talked about a lot um, uh, for a long time and, and you mentioned Thailand earlier where's your do you have any sort of new sort of obsession that you're like oh this is my thing right now it's and, back it's not, you know, I don't it's, know it sort of comes and goes but it's total greed I mean it, it, it comes to the fact that you know where I went to 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 flew to New Orleans last week for a story and went down to southern Louisiana that that I've been to a few times you know it's it's real Dave Robichaud um, James E Burkland you know the sort of live oaks and you know, um, uh, and bayous and everything's called bayou and things called parishes not county and but actually you're driving from New Orleans down to let's say Lafayette and it's quite industrial you know the, the sugarcane's gone. And but yet you, you you know the Spanish moss and that sort of feeling of that sort of Cajun French Acadian feeling you get down there and you hear the Zydeco and it, it might be a cliche for the adverts and cliche for writers about you know again you think of live oak Spanish moss um, moss James, James E Burke all those cliches although James E Burke is never a cliche he's a fantastic writer but but um, you know the cliches of Louisiana and southern Louisiana yeah. but you get down there and in crawfish season you know it's everyone from the richest to the poorest you know crawfish are in you go for a crawfish boil and I my mum's pond in Wiltshire these little buggers they signal crayfish mm. they're everywhere you can trap them all night clean them out for three nights in an old bath with a little thing you buy from the aquarium with a thing they climb up they escape they're, they're they're vicious bastards. Vicious yeah. bastards. And they're invaders. Um, not immigrants, but invaders. 
you know? <laughs> uh, no, I'm being particularly. I'm not being careful. I'm being, being true. These, yeah. these are these yeah. are dangerous invaders because they 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 not they, they're all sorts of issues issues for the uh, native crayfish. Um, I'm being sound a bit like Farage about the uh, crayfish. I don't mean that at all. <laughs> but, this would be the pool quote: the Farage of the UK for, crayfish. Yeah, they are those little signals, but cooked out there with with with. In a whole lot of salt and, and, and cane pepper, Tabasco mash, preferably MSG, you'd hope as Absolutely. well. If we want to move on to a big subject, MSG, you know, that, that great um, Jeffrey Steingarten piece in 2000. So, yeah. remember the man who ate everything? Yeah, yeah, I love that book. And he had that. I keep he, leaving on Sam's yeah. pillow and he never fucking reads <laughs> well, it. Like I keep reading the Alan Partridge one that's also <laughs> on my pillow. So. What, what we, got, we need to talk about Alan. The, uh, uh, yeah. The, is that what it's called? Is it the. His biography's called. Is that what it's called? Yeah, with the on the back thing. Man of the Hour from yeah. uh, some magazine, and, and, 1984. And copper, <laughs> copper bottom here, TV yeah. quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Worst holiday you've ever been on? Portugal when I was about 18, just left school. Um, we were in a place called Sintra, up in the hills. Um, beautiful, old sort of Disneyland castle. Pair, and my mum was there, my granddad, my cousin, friends, all the rest of it. We sat in fog f- for nine days because you're up in the hill, you're not down. Secondly, it, it was uh, my mum was just getting divorced, so we had a cook who was a, a tabloid... Um, plant we had photographers in the garden Jeez. and and it was damp and the sheets were damp and i got beaten at table tennis a lot by a friend and the food yeah. was shite and it was just rubbish actually <laughs> there we go. i'm glad they brought up such a that's the second time enrico Vera sam asked yeah. a quick fire question that had sort of a kind of a sad answer as well so yeah. it wasn't sad i mean it wasn't yeah. sad it was, it, we were in portugal in Paris, and, it, and we all you know how we laughed afterwards, uh, but at the time it was absolutely fucking. Cook with a plant. <laughs> the cook, I think it was was a tabloid in those days where where, where you know it was, the t- I think it was paid by the tabloids to come, and no wonder she was a shit cook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they should have got a better spy. <laughs> yes. um, hams of the world, your favourite. You only allowed one. Oh. Do I be, am I political about this or am I honest about this? It's got to be honest. I, I would say a thick slice of York ham um, with mustard. I, w- I was thinking um, hamel, um, which I love very much. But really, when it comes down to it, a big, thick slice. Not eating with any- anything, but just with a big dab of mustard. I think one of the few things we do, well, and, and no, the, the great Felicity Close and stuff like the world, talk about these things. I think that an English ham without bashing a drum and waving a flag, a good English ham is a, is a great thing. I'll accept that answer and I agree James what is I don't think because I've asked this question before but I don't think I asked you what your favourite ham of the world is. John Ham John yeah <laughs> um well, way, I mean way possibly, thin, Sainsbury's possibly, smoked. possibly yeah. the same as yours mortadella yeah I, I think it's, I do I, I've I, had good mortadella before and it's out, out of this world yeah I've had bad mortadella and it, 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 it's inedible. pig foreskin basically I, th- I, I, I turns have out to, I love pig foreskin yeah <laughs> I have to say I think, I I think putting something like a York ham 
in the same category as like how on Iberico that it's the oranges and apples well, with two but, different but, cures but, but yeah but, two different cures but consider, I, still I, I would say maybe you can't put mortadella into the conversation no potentially well, charcuterie it's not, it's not ham actually, it's not you're leg you're actually yeah. mincing stuff yeah. up to sure. put into your sauces yeah, yeah. So it's not really a ham is it so yeah. but, I just, but I, I think you can compare your ham to a hammer did yeah. you read that book it was a lucky peach book about hams it's fucking great it was no. probably about Alan Benton uh, yeah. well, so they always go about Virginia hams Americans was yeah. obsessed with their Virginia hams and their country hams which are fantastic um, I've never actually had them and not quite hear about, not David quite Chang is. bangs on about them all the time but in, in a happy way or, or a cross way no he adores them like you can do the tasting of them but I've always been a bit like eh, I'm going to spend that much money on ham yeah I, I mean I like when they do it like when, when they do it well I mean things like Ham always good when it's done well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, the American hams is a bit over my head, but yeah, it'd be nice to try. Yeah, I haven't tried enough good ones. <laughs> um, have you ever seen a ghost on a royal property? <laughs> no. I think I've ever been on a royal I've probably been on a royal property. We've um, all been on a royal property. No, I. We were in one. We, we were in one at 10 Hedden Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, actually, I used to I grew up in, in, in Wiltshire in the country, and we used to live in a in a, a Tudor manor and, and I love ghosts and the Osborne book of the of, of, of the unexplained and the ghost when I was about ten was absolutely genius yeah. and, and I love horror films and they still make those Osborne books. No, they had and they're they're quite expensive on on on, um, on A books as well. But um, we lived in a Tudor house and it was very haunted and people were always saying that ghosts would get into their beds and they heard phantom um, dinner par- phantom dinner parties how posh is that no like Tudor like you know eating, eating their bread and ripping meat apart um, and there, there were rooms in the house that even in the, the heat of summer the dogs would wouldn't go past they wouldn't really? go into their hackles would go up and we'd sprint past them they were always cold and there was always some and story you, and you were scared of them when you were a kid yeah you know you, can, you know. I remember watching oh, I'd be petrified Ant of a Horror and I was scared yeah. you know I'd go, I could be sitting in the bloody suite of the uh, the Ritz and be scared of the Ant of a Horror um, but yeah it was it, there was some the, the, there are certain things that, that um, you can't explain I think that's fantastic we don't have to be pragmatic and, and, and empirical about everything uh, but no I've never seen uh, Anne Boleyn trailing her head was she the one who had her head cut off yep yep uh, not, not, none of that none of those sadly uh, taco of choice you only get one this is the most difficult question I've been asking wow I'm, I'm, immediately I say Al Pastor just for the sweetness and as long as I'm allowed to embellish it myself for sure yeah yeah. yeah yeah there is there is one uh, I quite like a carnitas you know pork fried in pork um, with re- with a really really good habanero one and there's, there's a few good mutton ones in Acapulco you get as well when you get the the juices when you get the consomme as well oh god there's, there's El Pastor that, I, that could be. I could sit for hours. Yeah, that one. But but although the ones with the tripe and the, I don't like the ones with the eye sockets. I can't wear those. <laughs> wow, they do those in niche, in, which is about crunch. You know, Mexican food again. Bang it is 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 as much about texture as it is about um, as, as as Chinese food. But yeah, but Al Pastor. There we go. And I think that the only one of the only decent restaurants in London is Al Pastor. <laughs> I'm not paid to say that. You can only listen to death metal or the sound of bagpipes non-stop death for metal. one week. Death metal. No question. I 
fucking hate bagpipes. Yeah, I hate bagpipes. There's some fucker on the on, on the bridge, Westminster Bridge. You pay it. I'll go the, the other way around. More. <laughs> My I'll mate Dave used to do bridge. that. Right, yeah. tell this Dave. is such an insane sound. From though. a distance, do you not think it's beautiful and haunting? From a distance. No, definitely death metal. Um, and I hate death metal. Really hate death metal. Uh, your favourite fish for looks and your favourite fish to eat. What, which fish do I fancy? Which fish you don't have to fancy it, but you're just like, I admire your looks. <laughs> I, I think that... that um, are we allowed to use shellfish as well? Yeah. I think the native voices are a pretty sexy thing. Once you open it. Actually, not once you it open looks it. looks like when, a stone, though. Yeah, but when, when it was just nice and smooth and flat, and it's not so showy as the scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... it's Or may, maybe the red prawn and the carabinero. Yeah. That's a sort of sexy, sexy thing. And to eat... Uh, God, these are difficult questions, aren't they? Quite like a John Dory, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, John Dory's quite a looker as well. Yeah, you ugly, don't, you don't, ugly you don't, but it's you don't it's get much expressive. Um, Saint Pierre or Dover Sole. I had a Dover Sole in Margate the other day. There we go. It was just they rested it for fifteen minutes after cooking. It was out this world. It was really bloody good. What Sam, that's a great question. I'd Thanks like to hear your answer to it. My answer. Yeah, I like an anglerfish. Right. Well, they've, got, they've got like a light bulb on yeah, their heads, cool. which is impressive. Uh, and to eat grouper. No, that's grouper. not true. That's absolutely true. That is not true. The nicest fish dish I've ever eaten in my life, I think I was 12, maybe 13, and I had a spiced like grouper sandwich uh, just north of San Diego. Wow. And it was genuinely one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten in my life. Nice. What would you pick? Uh, let's, let's not talk about me. No, come on. I want, uh, is, we're all sharing here, James. Uh, the, a sharing circle. The prettiest. It doesn't have to be prettiest. Oh, it's just, just best the, looking. The one well, that you like the look of. Monkfish. I tell you what, monkfish. Dolphins. I fucking hate dolphins. They're not really? sinister fuckers. Are they? Sinister. They're like the Simpsons. Sexy. I don't trust dolphins. Do you not? They're far too clever. Mm. Yeah. Forget zombies. You know, forget all that. Forget all that stuff. Don't trust dolphins. Well, Sam thinks squids are going to take over the world. So, yeah, that's I was reading a thing the other day actually about some dolphin, and uh, it was actually the guy was talking about it was Robert McFarlane, who I always keep banging on here. But he was he's talking, great, oh, genius. Do you get that thing on Twitter about the word of the day? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've heard a new word every day. I need to learn new words, but everything so just yeah. like the sort of mm. you know the gloaming, or even ones these wonderful sort yeah, of the words. He's, he's, he's genius. He was talking about phosphorescence, yeah. phosphorescence, phosphorescence, phosphorescence uh, in the in water and he was saying about um, a father and son they were sailing and their mast broke they capsized they were literally in the arse end of nowhere out at sea and um, they looked and they could just see a ring of um, what to them just looked like fire under the water just probably a UFO a circle no and they looked and they realised oh that's that's dolphins are just swimming around us in a circle and they got onto I think the hull or something of the boat so they could see further out and then they could see another ring outside of the ring that was going around them, and it was sharks. And the dolphins were swimming round and round them to no. keep them safe. Typ- typical, dolphin, the typical dolphin PR. <laughs> the sharks were probably trying to save them, and the, the dolphins wanted to fiddle with them, basically. They were dolphins. Turning so. on Free Willy is a niche <laughs> position to take. Peter Not Free Willy, Free Willy was, was, was a killer whale. 
He, oh, of course he was. Yeah, my bad. Flipper. Flipper. That was what I meant. Flipper. Flipper, don't trust the buggers. Was that Elijah Wood? Flipper? Yeah. Early it, was, it was Elijah Wood. Yeah, yeah. Was it was. Yeah. Um, okay, and the second part of the quiz is overrated. No, I wasn't telling you to shut up. I was, sorry, I was, I was being a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't being a dolphin. Classic wavy dolphin. Uh, second part of the quiz overrated, underrated, or correctly rated? Tinned fruit. Um, correctly rated. I, d- I don't have a view on tin fruit. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know whether people do. I, I, d- I used to have it at my prep school, tin fruit, and it was quite a treat actually. The fruit cocktail that was one of the few edible things at school. Yeah, it, yeah, just there. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on tin fruit? No, I quite like it, but it's probably correctly rated. Yeah, like a tinned pear is lovely. Tin peach, I don't mind. Tin peach, I love tins. I mean, I love stuff on tins. Um, Kevin Costner, underrated. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that the 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 Waterworld was massively underrated. Bad cut. Kevin Reynolds, great director. Underrated. It was seen as this great thing. I thought the postman was okay as well. Uh, Robin Hood, Princess Thieves. That Classic. fucking song. That yeah. that's what's the, what. Much, that was much better than the other Robin Hoods. Uh, Tin Cup was great. Yeah. Uh, the Field of Dreams was fantastic. Oh my god, the Bodyguard. Now we're going back. That was yeah. actually really checking into this answer. Yeah. Um, what other costs? Now he's uh, doing... the new Woody Harrelson thing, which I started and was not, it not very into. Good, no. It's one on Netflix. Yeah, I'd had a few drinks. I wasn't fully concentrating, but no. I was not. Uh, and then there's one other one I absolutely love. Uh, oh yes, JFK. Yeah. Calgary. Oh, I mean, Costner. Yeah, he became a superstar, reluctant superstar, and he, he's he's a good actor. He plays the everyman. Was 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 his proper superstar breakout Robin Hood, or is that just because I was at that age? That bodyguard. Bodyguard. Okay. bodyguard. A great soundtrack. Great, great soundtrack. Yeah. Is it? Are you a fan? Never seen it, I'm afraid to say. The bodyguard, oh my god, no. I remember going with a girlfriend, I was like 15, trying desperately to put my Absolutely. arm around her. Which popcorn I, I, trick. Um, no, uh, yeah, the popcorn trick, it didn't work, it no. pushed straight off. I, I mean, obviously, he wasn't doing anything untoward. It's like, yawning yeah. and sort of put the arm, got pushed straight back. So these, those innocent days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Robin Hood, I was probably eight when that came out, and we were allowed to go, but mum had read a review saying that the opening scene was very traumatic. It's when um, he's in prison and someone gets their hand cut off. Of course, so he she, was in the Moorish prison, wasn't yeah. he? Yes, yeah. So she made us stay outside the outside the, the cinema before the screen. What, before. So you, you, you weren't allowed to watch the first bit? I still remember it. I still remember standing outside with mum poking her head through the door and going, Okay, the scary bit's over, in you go, and then PG. you just watch unbelievable amounts of violence and, and torture and this is the Robin Hood Prince Thieves. We weren't allowed to watch the first scene. Really? It, it, it was, That's great. such a great movie. And the, and the bodyguard was a crack. I think that was a 15. Yeah. My first 15, I remember, was... <laughs> it, it was Cordell Dundee. This is a long time ago. But what my film, mom, My mum yeah. had a choice. Me and my best friend, Ben, I was with my aunt and, and my mother. And we were in Fulham Road Cinema. And they said, what do you want to go and see? Because we'd managed to blag that we were 15. Age. Stand by me or cast away. Cast away Nick Rogue, Ollie Reed with his cock out the whole way through. <laughs> Or Stand By Me, a masterpiece, you know, with River Phoenix and, and, and the rest of it. And, of course, I'd just read the book of Castaway. It's because he cast away. And I had to sit with my mum and aunt on either side watching Ollie Ree's cock dangle <laughs> for two and a half hours <laughs> and a man of Donahue's bosoms, you know, which were obviously a, 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 for, for a 14-year-old boy a far finer sight. But it was excruciating, basically, his head pulls out. The so, and then they had sort of sex at one point. It's even worse. Oh, just my cousin. Painful. <laughs> And then stand by me, of course. We watched the next night, which is a masterpiece. My my dad said that when he was first going out with my mum, and they'd end up round at um, my grandparents' house, that, that and there'd be a film on or something. And if ever there was anything, and he said it didn't even have to be a sex scene, just like maybe two people kiss or yeah. something. 
my granddad Wilf would just go well nobody wants to watch this do they <laughs> switch off the TV <laughs> watch your just on the game over yeah. yeah yeah no so films are now, you know my kids there's now 12 A's and they're all inured to it but the joy of cinema was a great thing when I was a they're kid. 12 your kids oh sorry they're now 12 A's they're 12 A's I mean, they yeah. don't watch it but you know my daughter loves horror movies so so I was just showing The Omen the other day which is fine don't I check out for all these sort of awful you know they're not, I'm not showing a sort of dear data or, or, or you know hard Italian schlock mm. films um, but the, the Omen has quite scary it's like that's quite scary so oh, you know Catholicism good evil gotta learn these things but actually it's a 15 now whereas all these movies when well, movies we call them movies when all these films when I was younger were all 18s and now even Lethal Weapons are 15 and well they've been downgraded totally since downgraded yeah. they've been, they've they should probably put Lethal oh no not Lethal Weapon uh, Lethal Weapon's quite racist uh, no, 48 no, Hours is the really 48 Hours no, 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 Lethal Weapon's not yeah. not, not right. I mean it, 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 it's, it's boneheaded but it's a, yeah. an action classic oh it's, it's, it's an amazing Glover, film it's yeah, Glover yeah, and, yeah. and totally, so, totally. so the, the sensible side you know it's the Aussie who's a nut and yeah. not, not Danny Glover <laughs> the Aussie um, and he was very very <clears throat> nutty I mean he probably will know he slightly <laughs> extreme views yeah. uh, Mr Gibson but um, God it was a good film whereas yeah, 48 film, Hours yeah. was, was yeah. there's certain films you just think um, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy but anyway Eddie Murphy was fantastic for yeah, yeah there we go anyway. um, MasterChef overrated underrated correctly rated I, I, I work on MasterChef I sometimes I, I'm a fan I'm a big uh, fan I, of MasterChef I, I, I enjoy it I enjoy it um Hugely. It definitely wasn't a, it wasn't a leading question. MasterChef's my sort of relaxed thing where you come home and I can't be bothered to watch yeah, you know what? The anything ma- I have to think the about. The amazing thing about MasterChef is, is, is having done bits and pieces of telly over the years and done it all over the place. Uh, and I, I'm suddenly sitting around on a sort of whatever night it goes out on. I don't think... Christ, people are being abusive on Twitter. Well, oh, MasterChef's on. <laughs> and, that, and that's what I know it's on because it is such a phenomenon, mm. a, 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 a cultural phenomenon that, that, you know, for me, the idea of sitting in a room with Grace and um, Jay and Faye, or whoever it is, you know, this is, it, 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 then I think my job is not really well. You're sitting with your friends, the camera goes off, yob, 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 gossip, 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 camera comes mm. on again, you know, we, we do it, and, and William will do his. Yeah. Be careful, William. You'll nick the best lines. If you say something off camera, you come a really good line, and he'll just go there. And the camera will go on, and William, what do you think? And he'll nick your line. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love Sylvia, but, uh, but yeah, it is. But yeah, it is. Um, it is rightly regarded as in the place it, it, it is. Um, yeah. Uh, crumpets. I love crumpets. Um, underrated? No, just rated. I, I yeah. think that I think there should be seasonal crumpets. I don't think there's a place for crumpets in summer. Um, Correct. Okay. But there we go. But but I think in winter there would be lots of butter. There there and marmite. They're, they're a nice thing. They've been doing sourdough in Waitrose recently. I don't know okay. what difference that makes. Because um, they have a sort of sourness to them anyway. They? they do, and uh, I've never tried to make one. I've seen. They're seen very hard. Okay. I, I'm told to get. How do you get? The, I don't get how you get. I say I'm told. My wife tries holes. occasionally. There must, be, there must be some form of air in there to make yeah. these bubbles. But it's, <laughs> I, uh, I think there's a bit of bicarb in them. But I've is. never tried. I couldn't bake my way out of a out of a. No. They're the sort of thing that you you can try and try and actually probably reach the conclusion that you might as well buy it because even if you get it pretty good it's not going to be as good yeah. as it feels like texture-wise they must have some sort of the ones you buy anyway some sort of stabiliser in them or whatever because they have that sort of slightly I like that sort of plasticky texture I, I which like is not that. Um, not I mean it's bad. like 
the one thing I love more than anything else is, is cheese slices, but not posh cheese slices. Not I mean, obviously not real cheese slices, but there's a certain kind of craft one that you buy. That's not good enough. No, there's a certain shop in 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 Hammersmith and no, I don't, that sells them that are generic cheese slices. Right. Um, they must be filled with whey protein or whatever they are. God, they're good. A little bit of pepper rolled up, and you can eat those. That that is that well, is on their smell. own. Yeah, and there's no the idea of all guilty or indulgent. Anything to do with indulgence or fucking guilt when you're eating. You know, food is food. Eat this idea of clean food and dirty food. Mm. No, no. Occasionally eat vegetables and fruit, and and you know be as healthy <laughs> as you want to be. That's fantastic. But the idea of stigmatizing food as dirty or clean or mm. you know this is where we live. There's a, a whole bunch of nutters who have no qualifications in nutrition. Mm. Or diet in any way whatsoever, saying that certain foods cause um, cure cancer, and that's when it gets dangerous. Let people be nutty and say, "Oh, you know, it makes your hair grow." Eating lots of carrots, fantastic. Mm. The moment you start saying, "I've eaten charcoal and it cures cancer," that's when shit mm. gets dangerous, and that is a worry about an un- unregulated world of clean eating. And and you know, there's we're moving away from processed cheese and <laughs> Kevin Costner into a whole different world. But I feel that the stigma takes stick. Matization of food um, to say what's clean, what's dirty, what's mm. wrong, what's right, what's guilty, what's indulgent. Just eat a balanced diet, you know, to a point, and and enjoy food, you know, and, you know. And if you enjoy food, I think perhaps you might start thinking about. I quite, I really like vegetables. Mm. Um, there are even vegan dishes that I really like: tomato and um, salt and olive oil. Fantastic dish. Um, the great vegan dishes, the ones that aren't vegan dishes they're just it's just food food has become a political and cultural minefield it's become a way of abusing people through what they eat or what they say that's why we're here tom this is why ticky off to abuse people no to to correct to to correct the abuse and just get everyone to chill out food should bring people together food should be sitting around the table as matter your cross or creed or color or beliefs the idea if you i remember once in in beirut that there was a there's a restaurant um, and he's called Christ he's very good we went out this is awful I'm giving this long story I can't even remember he's called Kamal Mushrik and this is I'll get into crap for a moment he was an amazing guy and what he was doing in, in, in downtown Beirut was bringing together all sorts of different tribes and different religions and getting into their specialities of, of every kind and people would sit down and eat together now the moment you're sitting down together it doesn't matter if you're Catholic or Protestant or Jewish or, 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 or um, Muslim or, or whatever it might be the idea of food is a common language an idea of food is bringing people together and not talking about politics and not talking about hate and not talking about distrust it, it might sound pie in the sky and it might sound very uh, overly sort of uh, naive but I really do believe that at certain points when you're sitting down and eating together the food can bring people together mm. and that's what we all forget and we can talk about all the politics of food and everything else but to sit down and break bread and and and, and drink and eat together is is something far more important than a thousand leaders from a thousand newspapers and definitely a million politicians we have to sit down and eat together talk be civilized discuss and that's what food and drink does i think is brings us together um well that was the great coalition between Cameron and Clegg was was kicked off by a baked potato, I believe. <laughs> so, uh, you're yeah. the tone again. Here. Sorry, sorry. Uh, and <laughs> no, f- you're quite right. But it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it does, and it doesn't matter who or what you are. It, 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 if you're me and had a life of pure privilege and happiness and all the rest of it, or, or, or not, 
and they're, they're people you talk to that you go into countries my language is a shite you know I, I, I can just about get by in France ask for a packet of fags and a beer because I don't smoke anymore um, useful stuff oh, and where is the jeunesse? I used to know about how to get a youth hospital it was amazing in French but the point is the rubbing your tummy the smiling and the eating of things mm. that universal language has got me much much further than a hundred dusty history books have I mean into looking in through the prism of food looking at history or, or, or politics or whatever it sounds reductive but it's not that, that, that food is far more than stuffing our bellies food is the one thing that was uh, I mean always like Anthony Bourdain's thing with yeah. uh, you know which he was absolutely I watched the Rome episode I went to Rome a few weeks ago for the first time and absolutely loved it and then James said oh you should watch the Bourdain in Rome and I hadn't seen it so I always watch those Bourdains then, before I go anywhere yeah <laughs> which, I, which I should have done but um, it was um Amazing, like that uh, ep- the episode of Rome. If and he you, went to the Jewish you, quarter, and he had the he had the yeah. He he was talking about the when the rise of Mussolini and the buildings that Mussolini built, and 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 then going to a relatively sort of poor area of Rome, and and he sat there talking to these people who you got the impression probably had some sort of views relatively f- right of where he viewed the world, but he sat down. They got drunk together. They were talking about the food. They were talking about family. They were talking about friendship. They were talking about history. You know th- these things, but not talking about the politics of of dislike, the politics of suspicion, and all of that. It was about, like you say, about community and friendship and, and sharing and tolerance. tolerance. Yeah, tolerance. This all you know. This idea that everyone has to hate each other if they have different views. I have half of my best friends are, are Brexiteers, and we didn't speak for. A month, but now we just don't discuss it because yeah. our friendship's far more important than, than a view like that. Yeah. We just, yeah. I don't agree with the word they say, and they don't agree with the word I say, and we just, yeah. we don't talk about it. But, but where does it have to be that it has to be nuclear war over disagreeing? Surely the point of democracy is is a civilized argument, and that's what we're lacking. Going back to Brexit, we're lacking tolerance. We're lacking a civilized argument, and it has to get nasty. But on the other hand, there's some please. Conyo's involved in the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> really, I can say Conyo's, can't I? Um, so it's a like. really, really, really. There's nowhere too strong for. Uh, <clears throat> no, and it's it's just depressing. I feel that we'll all die more soon because of this awful, what? awful thing. But we'll all be cool. I can well, I can only apologise after you know it's been some dark there's been some up in the podcast but the final overrated underrated quickly I don't, don't want to end on a dark note <laughs> but I do need your opinion whether or not games that are medieval fair are overrated underrated or correctly rated which games well what, what do you think you're going to get at medieval fair you know, talking, maybe some you, like axe chucking. Oh, some, you're not talking about, about apple the, bobbing. The, the fixed ones with with the wonky air guns at the local. Uh, no, 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 like a medieval themed fair. Like if you could go to one and it was like, oh, you can go dressed like a wench. Uh, yeah, or, or, or not a wench. A, yeah. male, a male, a male wench. wench. A male yeah. wench. Or, or a sort of, uh, uh, you know, somebody in the stock. Uh, what are those things called? The, Stocks. No, you do the jousting once. The walking, jousting, that kind of thing. Sort of bear fighting, some dog games. fighting. That sort yeah, of stuff. yeah. There's going to be some of that going on. You know what? If it was medieval times, and I turned up after a couple of skim, a couple of tankards of mead, yeah, and I saw a bear fight. You know what? 
I wouldn't. I, I'd probably bet on it. You like a, you I like a fluster, there, don't you, Tom? Um, <laughs> not after Cheltenham this year, no. But I don't mind. I I, I, I like National Hunt. <clears throat> I used to like poker, and I still like poker. Um, <laughs> and po- poker's not better, In short, though. you like poker. Yeah, I, I, poker's a game of skill. It's a game of skill, although mm. they lost that particular argument in, in, in about... Again. What um, did they try to claim, they being they, whoever they, they are? I, I think it was, and I can't remember what, but it, they tried to say poker lose was, that a game, argument? Was, was a game of luck, not skill. And you could actually argue that blackjack was a game of skill, because if you can count cards, and listen, the casino always has an edge, whereas mm. poker, they don't necessarily have an edge, because... Uh, especially with, with, with Texas Hold'em <coughs> that's the line in Rounders is, um, is, yeah. is, is it's not it's not luck that the you, same you, you four guys that. get to the final of the World Series yeah. every year yeah. and, you and they're the luckiest guys in the world or yeah. they can play this game but Dor Brunson Phil, Phil Jr. but there was a time where, where everyone played it but you know there's nothing wrong with a bit of betting as long as you know bet within what you can the, the true gamblers I know don't like winning they like losing it's a thrill of losing everything um, no really and and it was there was my, my dad uh, was was painted by Lucian Freud who was one of the great punters of all time I've, I've seen it in it was in the National, oh, course, National amazing, Portrait Gallery for a while wasn't it? it next time I've got 37 million kicking around I'll just pick it up but, but fuck um, is that what it goes for I th- it's, that's what it is now it's now it probably gives you a print yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, yeah. <laughs> Mate, all you do, listen, <clears throat> bear with me, take a photo of it, or you probably download one off Google, what, and, and send it, it to a really good printer, you just print yeah. it off. And, and print it off and put it in a wacky old frame. Genuinely, someone once said that to me. Bing bang, and that, that's it. But Freud was a massive gambler, and when he was a young artist, and, 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 and he, the fact that he could lose everything, you know, he'd put 10 grand on with a bookie and lose everything. Once he became established and became successful enough that no bookie would take his 100 grand 20 to 1 bet all the thrill of betting went out because there wasn't the thrill of losing everything he always said another painting he you know that and that's what my great uncle lots of family members or friends and family who were gamblers it, it wasn't the winning it was the losing it was the, it was the, the, the pure visceral thrill of losing everything which which I certainly don't have so am I a frustrator? no because I hate losing money on bloody horses uh, but yeah um but bear v bear. But, you know what? If I was, you know, as I said, I've had a flag and a veil and a wench on my arm. Uh, went to go and show off at the local uh, medieval fair. I'd chuck an axe or two to show I was a man. Yeah. Maybe join the dog fight that morning. Did they toss cabers back then? No, that's just Highland specifically games. Scottish. Yeah. I don't know what else you do. A cop fight. You know, that would be one for the ladies. Uh, <laughs> what, explain? The cop, the cop fights. You know, just like... Because cops are smaller than bears? If or? you don't like the bear fight, love... This is medieval times. Remember, very unenlightened yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. The, the fellow was. Okay, this isn't what you think. Your uh, I would have. I would method have, I would have. No, no. If I would have gone there, I probably like any fair I've ever been to, would have been bored of the games and snuck off to the to, to, to tavern. The, uh, the, 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 the tavern with the boar. Yeah, yeah. go yeah. and smoke behind the yeah, go and, go behind have the a, ale go house. Have a pipe behind the yeah. uh, alehouse and a piss as well. I think if you're a, if you're a kid there when we go, because you're just going to be like, oh, here's here's some sticks out of the ground, throw a quit onto them. No, you wouldn't have quits. No, but you wouldn't. You'd, you'd be allowed to go to the bear fight as a kid in those days. There was no yeah. health or safety. None of these lefties ruining it with bears. So probably underrated. We you should might, probably bring back some yeah, fairs. You might even have a tiger or something. You know, yeah. Tiger versus bear. Yeah, um, that's a battle for the ages. That might be. I Wasn't mean, that a Test Icicles song? Tiger versus bear. Oh, I don't know, maybe. There was a niche reference. I like the fact that you came. It was Baboon versus Badger was always the one they all loved. Um, I'm going to look this up. (laughs) 
There was so how often does this end in 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 your podcast? Who, who is it anyone who who is unpublishable? What the whole podcast? No, but parts of it. Uh, I, I snip bits. Yeah, I, my thing is we 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 used to say to people, "What's it called?" Boa versus Python. Boa versus Python. Yeah. Are we off? Well, we can stand uh, we're still going. We're still have, going. Have we got on to? <laughs> Do you, want to, do you want to, should we wrap this up and then we can talk it? Yeah. I want to get onto a website that I'm particularly obsessed by at the moment. Okay, let's. Uh, uh, on Microsoft. I think that would be eater.com. And, uh, How did you get? Are we off mic? back from earlier. No, we're still on mic, so let's finish up and then we'll have that conversation. No, I'm so not getting it. Tom, thanks so much. <laughs> it's, sorry, usually you do that. No, no, but you can do it. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure spending time in your company. Thank you, Tom. I'm to come on this. I, you know, I'm, I've, I've heard the more well behaved ones of your things, but I'm always waiting for some really, really. Have you had Giles on yet? No, he would allowed to have Giles on. Uh, what? Because people on Eater would object. Because, yes, you might be. Uh, by I've, I've invited him a few times, and he's always declined because of kids' bedtime. He would be perfect for this. Oh uh, yeah, well, put in a word. Put in a word. Uh, I swear to God, he would be perfect. But there would be a lot of. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's fine. fine. That's Tom, fine. thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you yeah. both. Thank so you. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.